Love Talk Radio. to another edition of BAMS Radio, a member of the Bama Sports Radio family. I'm your co-host, Kerry Clark of BamaMag.com, joined as always by Drew Jarmond of 97.7 The Zone in Huntsville and Thomas Watts of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, our producer. Bama coming off a big, big SEC championship win. It's 25th overall, and it's uh, just rolling right now for the Alabama Crimson Tide. They beat Florida 29-15. to in a game where the score was not indicative of the action on the field, the tie defense completely dominated and the offense got rolling when it needed to. Uh, overall, a very, very good performance in Atlanta. And uh, almost a month to rest up and get ready for Michigan State in round one of the playoffs on New Year's Eve at 7 o'clock Central out at Jerry World in Dallas. Uh, Going to go ahead and bring in Drew DeArmond now and get some thoughts from him on the game tonight. Drew, how are you doing tonight? He may be having sound problems, Carrie. I will. Well, Thomas, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm a little under the weather, but, you know, like you said, a win is a win. Something to celebrate, that's for damn sure. Yeah, and a lot of other things going on right now. We'll, we'll touch base on those. There are uh, injury rumors uh, regarding Alabama basketball. I fear that they're not rumors, though. Uh, I wasn't going to say too much about it until I saw where it had already hit the Internet. So, uh, But there's a chance that a starting Alabama basketball player may be lost for the season. Alabama has not officially released information on that yet. Uh, I will tell you that at the Spain Park-Cullen game that I covered last night, Coach Avery Johnson was there scouting the game because there were three major prospects in the contest, all juniors, and uh, one of them has already committed to Auburn, Austin Wiley, 6'10 center. But his teammate, 6'4 guard Jamal Johnson, his dad played Alabama, and then 6'9 forward Alex Reese of Pelham, are big-time prospects in the state of Alabama for the 2017 class, and that's why Avery Johnson was at the game last night. And, and I'll tell you, he, he wasn't sitting there grinning the whole time. Now, that doesn't mean that the, uh, the report about an injury on the team is true. Uh, we need to let the university officially release that, but uh, it's definitely floating around that a starting player may be lost in the season to the Tide basketball team. Uh, if, if and when we get confirmation from the U of A during this program, we'll go ahead and read you the release they send us. But right now, we don't have anything on that. Uh, but I will say that before I ever saw anything about it on the Internet, someone approached me at church and said tonight, hey, did you hear about Ingram? That's too bad. And I thought, well, he's talking about Mark Ingram, who was pronounced uh, out for the year by the Saints. And I said, like an idiot, I said, well, I'm a Falcon fan, so it really doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I wish Mark would get out He goes, no, 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 no. Uh, anyway, I probably just gave it away right there, but hopefully it's not true. But uh, 
a lot of times when there's so much smoke out there, uh, even about an injury, there is fire, and we, we do hope that uh, that at least if the person is injured, they can get back and play sometime this year. That does not sound like a great possibility right now, but we'll let, uh, we'll let the U of A put out an official release on it before we give any more details. Uh, and, you know, most of the news is good. Alabama's having people named All-American and All-SEC left and right. Uh, I'm a little befuddled. Thomas, I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm a little befuddled that when the coaches' SEC team came out, there was no mention on the first or the second team of Jaron Reed, who may be the most dominant D-lineman in our league this year. Yeah, that just underscores that the uh, the powers that be that vote for such things, the vote in the strictest sense of the word is not really a vote at all. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how you miss Jaron Reed when Jaron Reed has done nothing but just tear stuff apart all year. So I looked at that, and then the other question is, I know Cyrus Jones has not been, you know, God's gift to all things cornerback, but to overlook him so consistently too left my left me scratching my head quite honestly, Carrie. It wasn't very fun. I do think we have Drew, by the way. I don't sure you can see the back chat. Jump on in here, Drew, and uh just give us your thoughts on the uh the omission from the exclusive Well to be quite honest, Jaron Reed has been the best defensive lineman on Alabama's football team. Uh this year he doesn't have the sack numbers of John Allen or Tim Williams, but he's been the most consistent, been the most consistently dominant. I think he's been a bigger factor than Ashawn Robinson, who's a finalist for some national awards. I think maybe and as good an athlete as Ashawn be a better football player, and I think he'll be a 10-year pro and a guy that should go in the first round. I don't know that he will. If not, it'll be – his biggest steal probably is D'Amico Ryan's going in the first pick of the second round, and hopefully for Landon Collins as well. Uh, but I think he's just a football player. I think he should have made first team A. Sean had a good year as well. Congrats to him, obviously. Um, Bullard uh, was also on the first team. John Allen was. John Allen's had a great season as well. But I just think Jaron Reed, that was the most glaring omission to me. And uh, got to give my boy Redfish a lot of uh, credit. Uh, there was a guy that made first team from Pinson Valley, from Vanderbilt, Zach Cunningham. Basically, William Barger got his scholarship for him. So he was pumping him, thought Alabama should have taken Zach Cunningham. That's a, obviously turned out to be true, and I thought that was a, a very interesting situation. But then i got to give a lot of credit uh, to Alabama uh, for having Derrick Henry, Offensive Player of the Year, and then Reggie Ragland, who I've uh, grown up watching. You know, he – I in my town, uh, obviously in the Rocket City, he spent his freshman year, or actually should say eighth grade year at Grissom, and spent four years at Bob Jones High School. It's been great to see him develop both on and off the field, and much respect uh, winning Defensive Player of the Year in the SEC. We've got a really good two-hour show lined up for you guys uh, tonight, whether you're listening live or via the podcast. In about eight or nine minutes, we'll be joined by Rodney Orr of TiterInsider.com. And then uh, shortly after the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Jimmy Stein, or you know him as LJS Law. And uh, we'll be talking a variety of Bama topics with those two guys. But before that, Drew, uh, I understand that uh, you've got a a little bit of an update for us uh, from the time we talked on air last week regarding the Alabama defensive coordinator position and regarding the possible attrition or lack thereof on the Tide coaching staff. Yes, uh, found out this morning. Um, uh, very, very, very 
good chance that uh, – or then I'll, I'll go ahead and say it's basically done, but Jeremy Pruitt is coming back uh, to be the next defensive coordinator at the University of Alabama. Uh, he will not be staying on with Kirby Smart at Georgia. That's been known for close to a week now, uh, but many were wondering if it would be Mel Tucker or Jeremy Pruitt. I uh, I was told by a very good source uh, this morning that Jeremy Pruitt and then was told by two others – the very same this afternoon that, that he will be coming home. He will be coming back to his alma mater to be the D.C. And I've also heard today, and really over the last couple of days, uh, I've been hearing more and more, and I, I believe that Scott Cochran was going to stay because of the retirement situation, one more year to be in the retirement system, and uh, the fact that I think Alabama can pay him more than the University of Georgia. So the strength coach will be staying put. and. And I also hear that uh, in, in the most surprising move, really, uh, you know, uh, Lane Kiffin will, will very, very, very likely return. Um, you know, they, they, he's not been getting, given any good or worthy college head coaching job offers. And, I, you know, I don't see him going to another college job at this point. There isn't one with the talent he will have at Alabama. And I know he's had some issues, but winning uh, changes a lot of things. Hopefully – Finally, realizing that you also uh, that your career could be uh, forever tainted if you do not, uh, you know, basically uh, take care of your business off the field. But again, I just think that right now, Lane Kiffin, uh, the NFL is still, you know, there, uh, and, they, they, and that's why I said as of now. I mean, something could change, but uh, he's been out recruiting uh, Shea Patterson at IMG with uh, Nick Saban this week, and just hearing more and more from several different people that Lane Kiffin will stay. And as we have been reporting, Mario Cristobal is expected to stay. And then uh, I think Kirby Smart had offered a, a raise and, and a title uh, to uh, Tosh Lupoy. But hearing uh, that, that uh, Nick Saban has countered that and expect uh, one of the best recruiters in the United States to stay at Alabama in uh, Coach Lupe, who's done a great job with Alabama's pass rushers. No, a great job with the pass rushers, but also just a phenomenal recruiter, as we all three know. And, uh, you know, you can't blame Kirby for talking to these guys about going with him. And I, and I had thought, you know, incorrectly, if, if Kirby went wherever he went, that Cochran going with him was a done deal. But it sounds to me like not just the annual salary, but Scott knows, Drew, that if he stays in Tuscaloosa 12 more months, he's vested in the state of Alabama retirement system. That is correct. That's what I was talking about there. I think that's going to be a factor with Scott Cochran, and I think it's definitely going to be a factor uh, with Burton Burns as well. There's been some question about Will Muschamp trying to hire him at South Carolina. Uh, you know, A, Will Muschamp to me is bad news as a head coach. B, uh, again, Burton Burns, one year away from being able to qualify for his retirement. C, better players than, than South Carolina could ever hope to get. All true, all true. And, you know, regarding the Alabama staff, it, it, it looks like the only people Kirby are taking are one or two off-the-field guys. Yeah, so far Glenn Schumann, the director of player development, is uh, the only one to uh, – and he, he had a lot to do with the defensive game plan. He's the only one that's a confirmed departure uh, that's going to Georgia. Uh, Glenn Schumann, uh, he, he's done a great job for several seasons for Nick Saban, but – he may, I'm not sure if he's going to get an on-the-field job with Kirby Smart, but he's going to get a prominent position within the organization. He's going to move on. Uh, that, that will give uh, some other uh, coaches uh, that are on the Alabama staff maybe a chance to move up. Uh, we'll see in the coming days what happens there. But uh, thus far, 
uh, Glenn Schumann is the only one. And uh, obviously, I can't, Kerry, uh, you, you may be able to pronounce his name, but the uh, the former coach, uh, obviously in the Baltimore, Maryland area, that had come on the staff a couple of years ago that had a lot to do with recruiting. Uh, I, I, again, I would butcher his name, but he has moved on to Maryland uh, as the secondary coach. I read that, and no, I can't pronounce it. But uh, and then you know there have been some talk uh, that uh, maybe one or two other position guys might be going with Kirby, but apparently that's not going to be the case. That the the staff at Alabama is going to be almost intact, except for plugging in uh, a guy who hasn't got quite the number of years as Kirby as a defensive coordinator, but has still shown his medal and has shown in Jeremy Pruitt to be an outstanding recruiter group. Absolutely. Uh, I think he's a better evaluator and recruiter than Kirby Smart. As a coach, I'm not ready to say that. I mean, Kirby did a very good job coaching and adjusting uh, and being able to teach Nick Saban's scheme. You've heard Nick Saban talk about it time and again, and, of course, he was very loyal as well. But I do think uh, Kirby Smart uh, did a great job. He earned his opportunity, and I do think Jeremy Pruitt can do the job as well. I think he's a very good young coach and a worthy successor. And him coming back to Alabama, uh, he had a lot of interest. Michigan wanted to speak with him. I heard today that Ohio State and uh, Southern California also called. The Auburn Tigers, uh, one of the biggest dumpster fires in the Southeastern Conference, also wanted to uh, talk to Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, but I just think, uh, honestly, when you take a look at things, Kirby Smart getting this opportunity at Georgia, I think Jeremy Pruitt sees an opportunity uh, to fast track to a head coaching job himself. And uh, we're only 13 minutes in, I know, but I want to go ahead and give Thomas Watts a chance to uh, do a quick commercial for us here on Bama's Radio. Well, we'll get back to that commercial later. Uh, but anyway, uh, Drew, uh, recruiting is continuing as we speak. There was an official visitor last week in Lawrence. There's a couple more this week. And then you mentioned it already, but uh, Alabama uh, at least making a run at a very impressive quarterback commitment to Ole Miss. Yeah, they uh, Lane Kiffin and, and uh, Nick Saban this week were to go see IMG Academy's Shea Patterson, whose brother is on the staff uh, as a support guy for the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, I think his father is also now living in Oxford. Uh, we will see. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm i not sure that he, they're going to be able to get him away from Ole Miss, but I know that uh, Nick Saban and, uh, and uh, Lane Kiffin have both liked Shea Patterson throughout the recruiting process. Uh, he obviously had been uh, a guy that's in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, you know, playing high school football until this year. He transferred to IMG along with Isaac Nada the number one tight end in the country. And uh, some people think uh, that Nada and uh, Shea Patterson would be a package deal. But obviously Alabama's gotten Jalen Hurts, who's slated to be an early enrollee. But I think they honestly believe Shea Patterson's too talented not to recruit. But at this point in time, you know, there's a lot of rumors floating around about Hugh Freeze and the Ole Miss coaches maybe irritating the family uh, during an in-home visit. But nothing confirmed. And I I would still, in the end, with the Jalen Hurts situation, and when, with Shea Patterson's brother, unless he's going to move on to another school, because it, he, you know he was obviously his brother was at Arizona at one time. The reason Shea Patterson committed to Rich Rodriguez's Wildcats and then decommitted, but uh, we'll see. I just right now I would say 
Right, there's a really good chance still that Shea Patterson will end up at Ole Miss, but you never know in recruiting. And as far as this being the Christmas season and the tight end position, Drew, uh, what a great gift it would be. I would just paraphrase it by saying, Nada would be nice. Thomas, so go ahead and run that spot for us, and we'll take a quick break here on Bama's Radio. Winter is upon us, but that doesn't mean you have to look like Santa Claus. Harry's.com, a purveyor of all things shaving, is here to help. From fantastic razors to effervescent shave gel, Harry's has what you're looking for. I personally have received some of the best shaves using Harry's products. Given the price, the quality is outstanding. That quality comes from a razor factory in Germany that has been producing razors for almost a century, and the guys over at Harry's.com are good enough to give 1% of their sales, as well as 1% of their time, back to the communities that they serve. If you want to check these fine folks out, head over to harrys.com right now. As a special offer, Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with code BAMA. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Enter code BAMA, start saving, start shaving. And we want to thank Harrys.com for being a sponsor of BAMS Radio and uh, BAMS Sports Radio as well. Uh, right now, we're, we're giving Thomas a little bit of time uh, to get a hold of Rodney Orr, our first guest of the evening from TylerInsider.com. And I'm going to go ahead and bring Drew Armand back in from the ESPN 977 Zone in Huntsville. I, by the way, am your other co-host, Kerry Clark of BAMS.com. But, uh, Drew, uh, I, I keep seeing all these updates from these various all-star practices and such, but uh, has anything changed at all with Greg Little? I haven't heard any news on Greg Little lately. Um, uh, I think he's probably going to stretch out the recruiting process. As a good friend of this show, John Garcia, has said. I mean, I don't know that it will stretch out to signing day, but I think it's very likely that it stretches out into January. Um I, well, I think Ole Miss, probably many people still think have them in the driver's seat, but Alabama can't be discounted. And then, of course, now uh, the landscape's going to change. Obviously, Alabama's going to bring in Jeremy Pruitt, who's a very good recruiter, and been uh, targeting some kids for Georgia. That'll be an interesting situation. But I do think, regardless, Alabama's always going to have a spot for Greg Little, but I haven't heard any uh, new rumblings uh, for, for the Allen, Texas star really in the last several weeks. Let's see if our first guest of the evening on the newly named Asian Rim Hotline. Yes, our new hotline sponsor is Asian Rim. Check them out at the Colonnade in Birmingham. That's right. Paige Hockman and the staff would love to hear from you regarding booking a holiday party there. You still have time, whether it's a Christmas or a New Year's party. I'll go ahead and give you the details on that in a little bit. Uh, But first guest ever on the Asian Rim Hotline, which is owned by Paige Hockman, mother of Alabama baseball center fielder, Georgie Salem. Let's go ahead and bring him on now, the uh, owner of TylerInsider.com and a good friend of BAMS Radio. Welcome in, Rodney Orr. What's going on, fellas? How you doing, Rodney? I know it's been a busy day, a lot of buzz going on about the coaching staff, and and, and this is to be expected with uh, Kirby Smart departing for Georgia. Uh, everyone wondered when it would finally happen. He's now taking uh, the job in Athens. and uh, But it looks like Nick Saban is trying to hold on to most of his coaching staff. That's to be expected. 
lot of talented guys on this uh, on the uh, on this staff, and uh, really uh, it, to be. But it's uh, obviously nothing's uh, going to be uh, you know written in stone until I probably after the bowl games. But uh, the buzz you're hearing is positive for Alabama, I'm sure. In what regard is that? Just uh, just it looks like that Alabama's going to. Uh, gonna keep, they're at least attempting to keep most of the staff together. Obviously, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, factors, yeah, I, you know, I come to yeah, fruition after gonna, the bowls. I think it's going to be fine, Drew. I mean, I never really had mm-hmm. too much doubt about it, to be honest with you guys. Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, Nick Saban is, you know, I, I've seen many times where this guy was going to leave and that guy was going <laughs> to leave and another guy was going to leave, and then they sat down with Nick Saban and suddenly you hear nothing else. I mean, so I, I really didn't have a lot of um, doubts that, you know, a lot. There was always possibilities that guys could leave. Yeah, there's no doubt yeah. about that. And there may be another one. You know, there may be an opportunity for someone that 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 does leave. But at the same time, I, I do think most of the guys are, are going to end up staying that were projected to leave. Right. I think see most of those guys staying. Mm-hmm. And it would be big. I mean. Uh, but we do know, regardless, and I've told many people this, and Nick Saban's put together a championship coaching staff at three different universities. Uh, Michigan State, none of them fought him to LSU. He puts together a great staff there. And then, of course, at the University of Alabama, he's the uh, linchpin of it all. If you have Nick Saban, you got to feel pretty good. But uh, just to, now to talk about this team, Rodney, I know uh, the, I, everybody was a little bit worried in August, especially from a quarterback perspective. Uh, if this could be a championship team and and uh you know and could re uh, have a chance to reach the playoffs again this team i think is uh one of my favorite ones to watch because of the way they've improved uh dramatically i think from august to now just your thoughts on uh how this team has uh developed and evolved well i i think you're right i think certainly they have uh developed quite a bit uh, as a team i think it's mostly been uh, a lot of maturity um, you know, they've come together, they've played together extremely well, you know, especially since the Ole Miss game. I think that, again, you know, I, I was really concerned going into the month of October. You had Georgia on the road, you came back to play Arkansas, then you went on the road to Texas A&M, then you had to come back and play Tennessee. I honestly thought before the season there's no way, or I won't say no way, but I would say there was probably a slim chance that I thought Alabama would go through those four games unscathed. You never know how teams are going to be until once the season gets going and, you know, you start moving along. But, you know, at the time they played Georgia, they were a top-ten team, right? Arkansas was a good team. A&M was a top-ten team. Tennessee was a good team. Uh, And they were a rested team, and Alabama was very tired. But I think that stretch right there and things that have happened since the Texas A&M game, I mean, I'm sorry, since since the Ole Miss game, going into October – being successful there, then moving forward and the, what they did against LSU. And then everybody said, I mean, a lot of people said, a lot of a lot of media people in the state of Alabama predicted Mississippi State would beat Alabama in Starkville. You know, obviously wasn't wasn't even a, a game. And so I think the team really matured through all of those weeks and really started playing together really well. And I do think, too, that um, even though – you know, sometimes he, you know, maybe may, maybe makes some plays that or makes some throws that you say, you know, 
maybe you'd have been better advised not to make. Jake Coker uh, has really developed now. He's, he's making less of those throws than he was earlier in the year. He's a lot more confident. I mean, he's, the team has kind of rallied behind him. He, this guy really wants it, you know, and you have to admire that, how badly he, he wants it. He puts everything he's got into it. He's done a really nice job of managing them. I think that's been another storyline for this team's development. And, uh, you know, obviously Derrick Henry, you know, and the things that he's done, the, the emergence of the offensive line starting to become more consistent since the Tennessee game. You know, we know about the defense and how they've grown, and, you know, they've been very good and out in every single game. I mean, it's been phenomenal. So I just think when you look at this team, it's kind of, you know, just developed uh, over the course of the season and really matured and come together and played well with a chemistry, a really good chemistry. And sometimes you have teams that are really good, but they don't necessarily have that chemistry. I'll give you an example. Something happened in 2010. You know, that chemistry just wasn't quite there the whole season. Now, there was some, you know, there was some obviously some new faces in the secondary that year, but the chemistry never seemed quite right. You look at Ohio State this year, they never seemed right chemistry-wise to me throughout this season. So, on the flip side of that, I look at this Alabama team, and they just seem to have, you know, really good chemistry. We're talking to Rodney Orr of TylerInsider.com on the Asian Rim Hotline here on BAMS Radio. And give Chris Arvin a call over at Asian Rim at 205-490-1444 to book that Christmas or New Year's Eve party. They still have room. That's Chris Arvin, 490-1444 at the Asian Rim at the Colonnade in Birmingham, Alabama. Rodney, one final question about the coaching staff before we move on to uh, the area of recruiting, which everybody wants to hear about. Uh, Drew and I, and maybe I shouldn't cite Bama K as the source, but Drew's got really good sources. Uh, what are you hearing, Rodney, about the defensive coordinator situation? Because uh, the three of us, myself, Reggie, and Drew, are all here in Jeremy Pruitt. Well, I think that's the, the popular name at this point. That's what everybody kind of feels like is, is going on. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like it will happen. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I have not heard anything definitive on that, uh, you know, to be able to confirm it. But I, I I would not be at all surprised if it turns out to be accurate. And Rodney, uh, obviously, uh, we've uh, you already made a great point about a lot of guys being speculated to leave that do not. And I know uh, you uh, on TitlerInsider dot com, you have been very right or correct to point out and very. Uh, uh, astute to point out that Tosh Roy, of course, he's going to be in demand. He's one of the best recruiters in the country and has done such a great job with Ryan Anderson and Tim Williams and a lot of the outside linebackers at Alabama. But of course, there's been a lot of talk about him uh, moving on to Georgia. Hearing today that, uh, of course, as you said, uh, when meetings happen with Nick Saban, a lot of times things can change. But, but uh, uh, I, I know that you think, uh, as a young coach, and he's been had a lot of success as a recruiter and coach at Cal and Washington, but that you think uh, it would be very beneficial to him, so to speak, uh, to stay at Alabama. Josh LaFoy? Yes. Yeah. I think uh, I think so. I mean, I, I, I do think he's got a great opportunity here. Uh, and uh, I think that being able to work for Nick Saban is good for him will allow him an opportunity to really develop under a good coach. And uh, I, I just think uh, he's he's going to, you know, will continue to grow and have opportunities later that could be good mm-hmm. maybe even here. 
that will be even bigger right. opportunities, maybe, maybe even here. So I, I just think, you know, it'd probably be good for him to stay. And, and I think he is going to stay. I said from the very beginning I thought he would end up staying regardless of what, you know, the opportunity might be from, from Georgia. And I, I thought, you know, I think you probably remember I had a piece on Tider Insider several days ago that I felt like, you know, from that that time I was being told that most people I was talking to still felt like Scott Cochran would stay as well, even though mm-hmm. a lot of people were predicting he was he was gone and definitely gone. But um, so, I mean, I think it's probably in both those guys' best interest to stay. I think this is, uh, you know, right now this is probably, a, you know, the best place for them. And then uh, the second part of my question, obviously we saw uh, Jim McElwain stay with Nick Saban through the BCS championship game and do a great job of helping uh, the win uh, the national title over the Bayou Bengals uh, in New Orleans, uh, 21 to nothing. Now, of course, uh, we've seen that uh, uh, Kirby Smart has announced he will stay with the team through the college football playoff. I believe that's uh, mutually beneficial to both prop, uh, parties. It gives uh, Kirby Smart a lot of exposure and for his new school and the continuity within the football team. What is your take on that? Well, yeah, I think it's a, you know, I, I was, in a way, you're surprised, you know, because becoming a head coach at Georgia, you would think possibly that, Maybe he would go ahead and move on, but in another way, it's uh, I think it's great that he is you know going to stay, continue to work this team through through the playoff. I think it's you know it says a lot about Kirby Smart, you know his loyalty, and uh, you know he agreed to do it. He wanted to do it, and you know again I, I look at it this way too. You know he he signed on to coach this season at Alabama. The season's not over with, and. You know, I do think he has a responsibility to these current players, you know, in the defensive team. I think he has a responsibility to the, you know, the coaching staff that's here too, you know, his fellow coaches. And if Nick Saban felt like they could go ahead and, you know, do it without him and, and allowed him to go, that'd be one thing. But I, I do think, you know, Kirby should stay if, uh, you know, if, if, if that's what's needed. I think he should be loyal and stay, and that's what he's doing. So I think it's, it's the right thing to do. Ronnie, uh, I'm grown up about this and texts and all that, and because I, I, I don't have as many contacts as you do, and I'm getting it. Uh, is there anything you can say to the nervous Nellies of the Bama Nation that seem to the defeatists, I guess, that that seem to be letting ESPN cast doubt upon Derrick Henry winning the Heisman? Because I'm of the opinion that he won it. But what what what's your feeling on it, Ronnie? I mean, you know, I, I don't know how you predict these things. I, I just follow the different, you know, these, I guess these betting lines on the thing and indicate that, you know, has, have been indicating that Henry's a strong favorite. And, you know, some other sources that seem to be consistent over the years in this uh, evaluating of, you know, where it kind of stands going into the, the announcement and everything seems to point towards Henry. I know there's been a wave of media people that have, you know, been pumping McCaffrey from Stanford, and, and I certainly don't want to say anything that negative about him. He's he's deserving, but I mean, you know, when you're talking about Herschel Walker, when you're talking about the records that he set and the things that he did, uh, legendary in the SEC. I mean, 1,891 yards rushing, you know. Uh, the year he won it, what, 1982? 
you know, and then you go back and you look at how, uh, or no, I'm sorry, that was 81, I think, when he ran for 1891, wasn't it, Kerry? I believe that's right, but I'm not positive. Yeah, uh, and people I talk, think in 82, I think he, he missed a game in 82. He missed the opener against Clemson. I think he broke a thumb or something, whatever it was. He Henry has broken that record. People talk about, well, he's had more games. Well, you know, are we talking about games or are we talking about number of carries? I mean, he did. He broke it by over 100 yards with, what, 46 less carries? Less carries. Something like that. Yep. And, and that's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, you know, that's a pretty stunning stat. Uh, I think he scored, you know, five or six more touchdowns than Herschel had that year. So, I mean, it, to me – uh, it's it's pretty phenomenal w- what he's done, and I I don't know really when you look at the from the Texas A&M game on and what he's done. You know, I mean, wow! I mean, he's had what three? What he had three or four uh, down that stretch of 200 yard games. Yeah, that this game last week was you know 189. So I mean, he's just been he's just been a workhorse. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Uh, it, it's it's just amazing. I never really thought back in the day that I would see an Alabama running back have a season like this and have one that you know would surpass Herschel Walker. I mean, to me, it's just it's just a, a stunning season. It, it is, Rodney. And no disrespect to Christian McCaffrey, but the most telling stat that I saw is Derek did this. I mean, he faced four top thirty defenses and. Averaged 150 yards per game, and I think McCaffrey faced one, which was Northwestern, and I think they held him to 66 yards. So I just don't think he's faced the level of defenses that Derrick Henry has. No, I don't get it sometimes in the media. And, again, I don't want to put down, you know, McCaffrey at all, but it's just all of a sudden they jump on somebody's bandwagon, you know, especially here at the end. And I thought they kind of did that. I'm not saying Griffin, Robert Griffin III, but they kind of did that with him too. You know, he had that big game against Oklahoma right at the end, and everybody jumped on his bandwagon. And again, I'm not saying he wasn't deserving, but I mean, it's just it's amazing. You know, let's look, let's sit back and look at the whole season and evaluate it and see how these guys really performed, who they were doing it against. You know, I mean, you got to admit, you know, what Henry did was against some of the best defenses in the country. So. I mean, it's kind of hard to deny that uh, you know him. Him as a Heisman Trophy winner, in my opinion. Of course, I got to admit too. I'm I'm, I'm a bit biased. I, I watch him all year and certainly cover him, and you know, would like to see him win it. But at the same time, I go back to what I said earlier. He broke Herschel Walker's record by 100 yards on 46 less carries. This guy's going to go for over 2,000 yards. Think about it. I mean, it's just amazing. Rodney, I'm going to tell you why I think ESPN's doing it before Drew asks his next question. Rodney, I think, as and, and you have a degree in broadcasting, I do, I think that ESPN is pumping McCaffrey, Rodney, because they are terrified that if they let on at all that Henry may be going to win it, that they're not going to get any West Coast viewership on the Heisman Show Saturday. That's my theory, but I'm sticking to it. Well, you may be right. I mean, I... I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's all a ploy or some of it's a ploy. I don't know. But um, my opinion, bottom line, is this. 
and I think Derrick Henry's going to win it. That's, that's just my opinion. Now, I may be proven wrong. i tell you what. They pulled the rug out from under Peyton Manning's feet in 1997. That surprised me, uh, to be honest with you, back then when Woodson won it. Wasn't that 97, I think? But, yeah, you know, I, I do think Derrick Henry wins. And I believe you will, too, as well. Rodney, I don't think there's any doubt that I think Derrick has faced the highest level of competition and has had – uh, the most uh, outstanding performances down the stretch because no disrespect to McCaffrey, who I think is a great football player. I loved watching his dad, uh, Ed, play. And, of course, his uncle, Billy, uh, played uh, for the Duke Blue Devils, helped win a national championship, and then moved on to the Vanderbilt Commodores. But you know, I really believe, uh, honestly, that uh, down the stretch, he was he played in so many big games, uh, showed up so uh, – uh, forcefully, and uh, again, as you said, last two games, 90 carries. I never thought in my life I'd see an Alabama running back carry 46 times, then 44 the next uh, uh, contest. And then the key is, and it's almost like they, the one last game in their minds, uh, they want to try to, uh, change, uh, you know, as you said, jump on a bandwagon. I don't think McCaffrey was a very big factor against Notre Dame in their 38-36 win. I, you know what? I, I didn't watch enough of that to know, but I'll go back to this, too, if we're still talking about this. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody ever said anything back in the day when Herschel Walker was averaging 35 carries a game. Right. I mean, he averaged 35 carries a game. Nobody talked about the way he's carrying it. Nobody said anything. Like, right? Well, Henry's averaged less carries per game than Walker did. I think about nine less carries per game, if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I don't know exactly what it is. But – He's averaged less carries per game regardless. And he's got more yards. So, I mean, <laughs> um, I don't understand. All of a sudden, why, is it, why does it matter that he's carried it 90 times in the last two games? I mean, he's got, you know, in those two games, he got 271 in one of them and 189 in the other. So, I mean, I, I don't understand some of that. Right. And, and then, of course, to kind of switch gears, um, you know, and to talk a little bit of recruiting. Uh, and, and right now, it's, there's still a lot of uncertainty. Uh, that down the stretch, the last three weeks of January is what's going to tell the tale. But, you know, should Jeremy Pruitt, uh, and we believe this is the case, uh, come back to Alabama, he's uh, known as a great evaluator and recruiter, Rodney. And uh, Alabama it was putting together, you know, what looked to be a very strong recruiting class overall, yet another one under Nick Saban, no surprise. But now with the dynamic Kirby Smart moving to Georgia, but Jeremy Pruitt moving back in could open up even more names uh, that, that the Crimson Tide could become involved with. But just uh, obviously just kind of, I guess, the, for the for the listeners, and you followed his career closely, uh, just talk about the effect that Jeremy Pruitt could have, have on the class. Well, I mean, uh, you know, again, I think his presence over in Georgia, you never know, you know, with some of those guys over there, that, and they've got a lot of really talented guys. I mean, you know, I think Alabama was in pretty decent position with Michael, Michael Carter, defensive lineman from Jackson, Georgia. You know, Derek Brown, another star defensive lineman. I think the, most people rate him as one of those five stars. Uh, he, he's supposed to visit this weekend. Now, I don't know if Pruitt would have would, – you know, might impact some of their decisions or not. You know, we'll see. Um, but I'll say this: you know, Jeremy Pruitt is 
got an extremely strong presence in Alabama, in Georgia, and in Florida. And guess what? The guy who's supposed to win the Heisman Trophy on Saturday was recruited by Jeremy Pruitt. You know, I mean, he's the guy that flipped, Jeremy Pruitt flipped Derrick Henry from Georgia to Alabama. Yes. You know, so that that's kind of interesting. In fact, we're talking about Herschel Walker. You know, Henry could have played at Georgia, uh, was committed to them for a while. But, you know, so he's a great recruiter. There's no doubt about that. He's a, He is an outstanding talent evaluator. I think he's an extremely confident guy. Uh, and I think he's got a lot of potential down the road as a, as a coach. Um, I, re- I really do. I think he could be a dynamite uh, coach as time goes on, head coach eventually. So um, I just think, you know, if, if indeed he comes back, I think he, Alabama's getting a, um, you know, a guy that's a very highly qualified um, replacement for Kirby Smart. He's got experience in Nick Saban's system. That's very important. You know, his, his coaching career in college started under Saban, so he understands the system, and I think, you know, that's that's very important. Rodney, I do want to touch on some recruiting since we only have you for about 10 more minutes. Uh, the people that are covering the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, which is being played in Hattiesburg this year for the first time, have been talking to Marlon Davidson, and what he's telling them is that he's 75% committed to Auburn, but he still may take another official visit one more place before. And he's planning to sign December 16th, but you know how those things get put off. Well, yeah. Where does Alabama stand right now as far as a shot at Marlon Davidson in your estimation, Robert? Well, I mean, you know, I, I do think Alabama's you know, got a great shot at, at Marlon Davidson. Uh, not say great. I mean, I think they have a shot, so that gives them an opportunity to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I'm not really sure exactly what, what, what might transpire. I do think, obviously, Auburn, you know, with his brother being there, Kenneth Carter, kind of on that staff. But and I, I've got a pretty good feeling that Marlon really likes Alabama quite a bit, and I think he's been given very strong consideration to Alabama, and I still think he is. So, you know, I can't make a prediction on it, but I do think it wouldn't be a complete surprise if, if he were decided to, you know, change his mind. I'm not saying quick he will. follow up to that. I'm not saying no, he will, fine, but it fine. wouldn't surprise me. It just seems like Alabama's not out of it yet. That was really what I was trying to get exactly. at. Now, another guy who has been a soap opera, I guess you'd say, uh, apparently leaning to a school that he hasn't even taken an official to. Uh, what are you hearing in the last week or so about Greg Little? Ole Miss expects to get him. Is that, I, I think I can sum it up just, just that way. I mean, I don't know what might happen. Maybe he changes his mind or whatever. I do think Alabama, you know, was has been in a position for him for a while. I do think his mom really likes Alabama. I think, I think Greg Little really likes Alabama. But um, I just think right now Ole Miss is the leader. I think they feel like they've got they, – I think they feel pretty confident that they've got him locked up. Now, uh, they may be confident on some guys that they won't eventually get, but I do think they feel really confident about him. And, Rodney, speaking along the lines of defensive linemen, I know we just talked about Marlon Davidson, Alabama just this past uh, – in the last several days – and I really this past weekend hosted uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the country, 
uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, Dexter Lawrence, and we're, uh, you know, hearing some good things about the visit. I think he might be the best defensive lineman Alabama is recruiting overall. You know, I mean, he's just that good, and he's big. You know, he's six four, what three thirty, something like that, whatever. But I think right now you'd have to say Clemson probably has the edge. Uh, you know, North Carolina State's supposed to get a visit again this weekend. Uh, you know, we'll see there. Alabama certainly recruiting him hard. I think they were over there recruiting him today, actually. So. You know, they're, they've got a shot, and they're giving it all they've got. Uh, you know, right now I would just say that they probably, you know, my guess would be right now that they're, they're they're just a shade behind. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, ne- you never know. You never know what goes into a final decision sometimes, and, you know, maybe they pull it off. But I, I would just say right now I think they're a shade behind. Another question on recruiting, Rodney. Uh, I have felt – since day one, and, and I know there were times it didn't seem as, as, as done a deal as, as maybe it does now, but I have felt since day one that because of his brother, that Alabama had a great shot at Kevin Ridley, Calvin's younger brother. And then I hear that Alabama had a great visit with Kevin earlier this week. So starting first with Kevin, tell us how you see the rest of this class shaking out. With First, Kevin is an individual, and secondly, just overall with wide receivers. Well, I mean, you know, again, I I think a lot of that's going to come down to who Alabama decides they they really want to take. You know, and Ridley, is, you know, obviously his brother's here. He's a different kind of receiver than, than Calvin. He's probably not as, you know, explosive or whatever, but he's a bigger guy. And, uh, you know, an excellent prospect, no doubt about it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that one shakes out. But I think when you look at the wide receiver core, they've got – you know, T.J. Simmons committed uh, from Clay Chalkville. And then they've got uh, Trevon Diggs, who, you know, I assume he'll stick with that. And I, you know, but I think he's he's an athlete, a guy who could play you know, either wide receiver or in the secondary. So that would be an interesting deal. I would kind of consider him almost more of an athlete myself. Uh, but, you know, I really don't know exactly what Alabama thinks he'll play. But so then you have to look at it and say, you know, how many more are you going to sign? I would think probably at least two um, for sure. And you mentioned Ridley. There's some others. There's Amon Richards, I think, from uh, down there in Florida too. Uh, you know, there's there's several other guys. Demetrius Robertson from over in Georgia. Uh, you know, but the guy to really keep an eye on that I know Alabama is very high on. And I said this, what? probably six, seven, eight months ago that watch out for A.J. Brown. He, he may be the next Julio Jones. And, you know, legendary coach over there, Ricky Wood, who's their coach, Ricky Woods at uh, Starkville, said this week that, you know, in his 35 years of coaching, this is the best wide receiver he's ever seen. You know, and this guy had an 89-game winning streak as a head coach of South Panola at one time. So he's been around athletes. He's been around great players, Nick Brazel, all of those guys. So I think A.J. Brown is the guy that Alabama really needs to get because he's a big physical receiver. Uh, he's a difference maker. And I think that's the guy that, you know, really they need to get. Now, another guy, Keith Gavin from down in Florida, originally committed to Florida State. And I think Tosh LaPoy has been saying this for a while. 
that Tosh LaPoy had done an outstanding job on him for a long while back and felt like that, uh, you know, Alabama would have a shot, and I still think they're in there, and he's a big, big, tall receiver too. So, And I think they could use some height. So uh, those guys, uh, A.J. Brown, big physical guy, Keith Cavan, Keith Gavin, big tall guy. So I think they're the kind, the couple that Alabama would need. And then Rodney, obviously, middle linebackers a big need for the Tide. They they're still after Lindell Mack Wilson, who I still think they have a great chance at getting, and Ben Davis from Gordo, who could also play outside. But I know you had an update. You guys spoke with Aleph Texas head coach Bill Barron, who has Dontavious Jackson, who I know made a big impression on Alabama this summer. Yeah, um, you mentioned those guys. I would agree with you. I still think, regardless of some reports or whatever, they've indicated otherwise. I think Alabama's still in, in really, really good shape with uh, Ben Davis and, and Mac Wilson. I also think that um, yeah, they've got a shot at Dontavious Jackson. I think the visit with Bo Davis and Nick Saban on Monday night went ex- or Monday went extremely well. I uh, don't think there's any doubt about that. Coach Barron told me he did not think there would be any problem at all. I mean, he's a real straight-up coach. I mean, he didn't dodge any questions. He, he he said he thought there would not be any problem at all in Dontavious' mind in terms of, you know, leaving the state. A lot of people had projected him to Texas. I know that's one of the, you know, one of the favorites for sure. But, you know, you have UCLA. He's really high on his list. Florida State, Florida, Michigan, Alabama. So all of those teams are, are vying for him. And I, and I think Alabama, we'll, we'll have to see. I think they felt really, really good about their visit with him the other night. Now, when he came this summer, this past summer, he was really blown away by the visit. And I thought at that time, I thought there was a chance that, you know, he could be a guy to really watch for an early decision from. You know, and then after, you know, maybe a few weeks after his visit, it kind of, you know, that – you know, after your visit and you kind of have a chance to settle down or whatever, it, it kind of seemed to wear off a little bit on him. But um, I think if, if they get him in on the official visit, which they're expecting to do, then, um, you know. Well, Rodney, uh, last question, because uh, no, you need to go. Um, I made a joke right before you came on, a Christmas joke, and some of the tight end position was saying that Nauta would be nice. But I want to ask you uh, – in all seriousness, does Alabama have a realistic shot at Isaac Nauta? And then the second part of the question is, let's say Greg Little does go to Ole Miss. What's the backup plan, if any, at left tackle? Uh, I, I I don't know really what Nauta. I haven't been able to catch up with him lately. I know that we we talked to him about a, 10 days ago and uh, just real briefly. Uh, I, I don't really know, to be honest with you, that Alabama's, you know, I just I, I don't know. I'd hate to say one way or the other on him. I, I always had the impression that you know that he would end up back, even though he wasn't publicly committed to Georgia. I think Georgia felt like he was a private commitment, and I've always felt like that's probably probably the best chance would would he would end up at Georgia. But you know we'll we'll see. I don't know. And who was the other one? Just uh, what might be a backup plan behind Greg Little at left tackle for this class. Well, I think if you ask most people, they would probably tell you that Alabama may already have the best left tackle in the country committed, mm-hmm. Jonah Williams. Williams. Uh, so I don't really know that there's 
necessarily has to be a backup plan uh, this year. I think there's some guys next year that they really like a lot. They think can be fantastic players. That Troxel kid, for one, Austin Troxel. I think they're really high on him. Now, did he get hurt recently, Drew? Yes, he tore his ACL and his MCL. Uh, he's going to have to. He did have surgery recently. He started his rehab. They expect him to have a full recovery, but he won't be doing anything until this fall except for lifting. So he did mm-hmm. get inju- injured in the first round of the playoffs, and then the other Rodney, the same city, just about a, a few miles down the road. Kendall Randolph, the brother of Levi Randolph yep, at Bob yep. Jones High School, is another one to watch. He's, he's another outstanding prospect for next year. And while we're talking about mm-hmm. I know you guys don't care if I switch gears real quick. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've thought this all along. You know, just watch the first time I watched his tape, I was blown away. And Deontay Brown is a – he's a monster. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, committed to Alabama as, an, as a guard for this class. He's a monster. Always thought he was, and apparently and I haven't been following it, but apparently he's doing really well in this Mississippi Alabama All Star practices. He really is, Rodney, and he's just someone much like Dallas Warmack is going to have to reshape his body. Uh, once he does, he has the combination of power, speed, ability. He played both left tackle and left guard this year for Austin High School. I think he has the ability to play right tackle, but I think he could be an All American at guard for the Tide. And, once he red shirts, I think uh, in, in another year, and and has uh, you know, and, and is able to get uh, into Alabama's weight program consistently, and uh, the, uh, the their diet and get his control. I don't think there's any doubt with the nutrition Alabama can provide him and the weight program can develop into a great football player. He's completely underrated, but after this performance in the Alabama Mississippi game, should he continue this? I don't think there's any doubt his rating will go up and. I'm going to ask one more question and wrap it up with you, Rod. Uh, any, I know Coach Saban and Kiffin were supposed to go see him, and I know where his brother, who where he uh, goes to school or where he works for right now. But any, uh, what do you what do you think about all this Romans about Shea Patterson? Well, I mean, I think best way to put it is, uh, you know, I would be surprised if he flipped from Ole Miss at this point. Right. His brother's over there. I, I would be a little surprised. I'm not saying it's impossible. I, I do oh, yeah. think there are some things that uh, the family has some interest in Alabama. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just – I would be surprised if he flipped. No, no, look, this thing could change. I mean, you know, what if Alabama hired his brother? I mean, I'm not saying that they're going <laughs> to or even have thought about right. it. But I'm saying that might be what it would take. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I really don't know. I mean, old, he was at LSU, and Ole Miss hired him away from LSU, right? And that's that's when Shea Patterson committed to Ole Miss. Well, yeah, and one thing his brother worked there, and that's why he was committed out there. So it's been it's been quite a journey for his brother. Yeah. Well, Rodney, we appreciate it, man. I know you've given us most of this hour, and we know uh, you've, it's going to be very busy for you. Uh, through the holidays uh, at TiderInsider.com, man. And we always appreciate the time on BAMS Radio. Thank you for joining us tonight. We really enjoyed the conversation. Hey, Craig, uh, Drew and Kerry, you guys take care. You too, Rodney. Thank you very much, my friend. That's Rodney Orr, TiderInsider.com, founder and owner, the preeminent source for Crimson Tide information. And we always thank him for being a regular contributor 
band radio. And he, he helped make it through tonight. He was the first to ever call the Adrian Hotline. There so, we go. Uh, we, we always appreciate that. And uh, it just please, everyone, try Asian Rim uh, over there in Birmingham. Uh, great restaurant. Uh, I've eaten there on multiple occasions. Uh, ate at the one in Huntsville. Of course, it's no longer in the Rocket City. Uh, but uh, the food's great. Uh, the entire menu, the the uh, the atmosphere is awesome. Beautiful place. Uh, and, and, and great customer service. Please check Asian Rim out in Birmingham, uh, one of the better restaurants you can try in the uh, in the uh, Steel City. And I look forward next time I'm in the Ham uh, to uh, partaking in another uh, meal at Asian Rim. And uh, always enjoy it. And always, of course, enjoy uh, Paige Hawkman uh, contributing to this show. Yeah, Paige and Roy Hawkman, uh, they do a great. Uh, job over there, not only with the food, but with the customer service, as Drew pointed out. I was over there uh, just just a few days ago and uh, tried that famous shrimp appetizer, still good as ever. Had a catfish lunch that was pretty good, and the service was great. Delaney was my server. She was great. But I want to remind everybody about the Asian Rim that they still have room for you to book holiday parties, be it Christmas or New Year's Eve. All you got to do is call General Manager Chris Arvin, and his number is 490-1444. That's area code 205-490-1444. Or you can email him, carbon at asianrealm.com. And we certainly thank Asian Realm for taking over the sponsorship of the BAMS Radio Hotline. And uh, before we go to break here in just a few minutes, I did have one other recruiting thing that, that, that crossed my mind that I wanted to bring up. Drew, uh, David on Ingram recently tweeted that his uh, – schoolmate from uh, Theodore, the Michael Pirine, who is the Florida commitment, Dazon tweeted that uh, he thinks that uh, LaMichael is going to end up in Tuscaloosa. Is that just kids having fun in social media, or is there an inkling of truth to that? I've always felt like there was a truth to it. Uh, if Alabama decide it, they wanted LaMichael Pirine, they they, who's the cousin of Oklahoma running back to my J.P. Ryan that they would get him. They need another back in this class, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, I think, you know, Devin White is someone else to watch. But, uh, you know, I've always kind of felt in the back of my mind that uh, he might end up at LSU or Dunlop Tires uh, with Ole Miss. <laughs> but uh, but I really think that LaMichael P. Ryan will be the second back in this class. He's a very talented individual. Uh, Dazon Ingram played basketball with him at Theodore. I've always felt like Dazon could help in the situation. And I think if Michael P. Ryan shows up on his official visit to Alabama, he gone. Good point. And one more to ask you about before we break, because uh, I've been high on him all year. He had such a great senior year. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi, he seems still open to Alabama group. He does. You're just going to have to watch uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Maybe LSU a little bit, but with the uncertainty of Les Miles there at Orgeron kind of flirting with the Southern Cal, uh, there should I, I really think it's going to be Ole Miss or State uh, as far as the competition. But I know Bo Davis, is he's a huge priority for him. Uh, I would still say I, I, I wouldn't guarantee Jeffrey Simmons in the class, but if there is a, a kid out of the state of Mississippi that I feel like Alabama has a very, very good shot at, it is Jeffrey Simmons. A lot, of, you know. There's several people that think he's going to end up uh, with the Ole Miss Rebels, or maybe even Mississippi State, but really more Ole Miss. 
but we will see. I think ultimately, I know a lot of people were disturbed that uh, he didn't come uh, to the uh, Alabama LSU game. I think he ended up taking an official visit to Tennessee. But I still think there, if you can get him on campus for his official visit, uh, that Jeffrey Simmons could end up being a member of the Crimson Tide. Okay, well, thanks, Drew. And we're going to go ahead and take our one only break of the evening, and then we'll be back to hear from Jimmy Stein, a.k.a. LJS Law, on the Asian Rim Hotline. But for now, you're listening to Bama Sports Radio, a member of the Bama Sports Radio family. God, I see headlights. I made it down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers, and I'm hoping for rally. I can see my baby tonight. It's three minutes after the hour. If you are listening live, if you're not, it's uh, still three minutes after the hour if you're listening live. But we appreciate all our podcast listeners, too. You're listening to Bama's Radio, a member of the Bama Sports Radio family, and I'm your co-host, Kerry Clark of BamaMag.com, and I'm joined, as always, and now for hour number two by Drew DeArmond of ESPN 97.7 The Zone in Huntsville and Thomas Watts, our producer from Touchdown Alabama Magazine, and uh, we'll have another guest coming up 
in just minutes on the uh, Asian Realm Hotline, but we're going to give uh, Thomas time to track that young man now. And I'm going to bring in Drew. And, Drew, I, over the break, I thought about one more guy I wanted to ask you about. Uh, he is also playing in the All-Star Game in Hattiesburg for his native state of Mississippi. He is being poached by Mississippi State. He's now found a commitment. What uh, odds would you give Alabama, Drew, of hanging on to Raekwon Davis? I honestly hope they don't let him go to Mississippi State. That's, that's honesty there, but what do you think he'll do? Uh, I think he'll go somewhere else. I think he's going to go to Mississippi State or Ole Miss. He can't play dead in the B-Western, uh, in my opinion. Uh a lot of people that I've talked to that have seen him, he looks like Tarzan, and I have seen him. He does look like that, six seven three ten, but he doesn't make any plays. And that's all I'll say. He might be able to develop into an offensive tackle, but he's a project at best. Not going to play defense, I don't think, as, as a six foot seven tackle. And honestly, you know, I've heard he's looked pretty good at the practices, but he also looked pretty good in seven on, or excuse me, in a lot of the, uh, uh, so to speak, the combines of the summer. Uh, he did earn a trip to the opening, but that's without pads in these seven-on-seven seven and uh, type events and these uh, obviously these showcase camps. And I just really think, uh, I, honestly, uh, from what all I've heard, uh, Alabama, if they do lose Raquan Davis, uh, it's not going to be a huge loss. Well, and uh, is there still? I, I think the answer to this is yes, despite what both the kids are, are saying, but. Is there still a confidence level, Drew, among your sources for both Mac Wilson and Ben Davis? Yes. Good answer. So, Mama fans can, you know, it's amazing. The kids play along with it, too, but it's it's amazing how the things that go on to get page views. And, and I've always thought both those kids were, were coming to Alabama, but both those kids have, have made their recruitment, I guess you could say, interesting. It sort of reminds me a little bit of how Marlon Humphrey handled his we thought all along that Marlon was coming to Alabama, uh, and, and I think he knew deep in his heart that he was coming. I think that Mac and Ben both know deep in their hearts that they're coming. And I don't blame either one of them for enjoying the process. But I, I just think, like Drew does, I think that Bama fans need to just relax and rest easy on these two guys uh, and let it play out. And I think it'll play out just fine. Uh Obviously, there's going to be some more attrition in this class. Drew, the name I keep hearing is uh, Louisiana DB Josh Perry. Are you hearing that? And uh, do you know of any others you mentioned, Waquan? Well, I've, I've heard the same thing on Josh Perry. Um, I think uh, Raquan Davis is one to watch. Perhaps Brandon Scales out of the state of Missouri. I mean, we'll see. Depending on if uh, Tosh Lupoy can pull Devin Assisi from his alma mater of uh, – of uh, De La Salle High School in Concord, Concord, California, or if they could get Isaac Nauta, but I'm like Rodney. I think Nauta headed elsewhere. He's a very talented person, one of the best at his position in the country, but I expect him to elsewhere. But WCC has been to Tuscaloosa, pardon me, unofficially had a great time. If Tosh LePoy gets him back for a visit, I think he's someone that could definitely join the class and uh, you know, I, but of course things can change. I even heard uh, today, uh, you know, that uh, with Nigel Knott, uh, Alabama, uh, you know, there, there's there there. I even heard that they, they that they could end up getting back in on Shyam Carter, and if they do, 
uh, he's such a talented player. Remember uh, that that Jeremy Pruitt, who was recruiting him for Georgia and had done such a great job, is probably just coming back to the University of Alabama. That could get uh, the tide back in along with Shaheem. That could happen if Shaheem does not end up with Dunlop tires on his car. He could end up uh, back at Alabama, and if that happens, then all bets are off because Josh Perry is uh, one of his best friends, and you could see uh, Josh stay in the class. And speaking of Jeremy and the effect he could have once he officially becomes the defensive coordinator, uh, is, is he a guy that, that could give Alabama a better shot than he currently has at, at Alabama's own former commitment, uh, Demetrius Carter? Well, I mean, uh, you mean Demetrius Robertson? Robertson. Yes, uh, I thought perhaps, but the the, the 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 problem is is there's so many wide receivers uh, that Alabama's in on. Of course, he could also play a defensive back, and I do believe. Uh, by the way, uh, that uh, that uh, that when, when, when the young man uh, from Maryland, uh, Travon Diggs, is going to end up at corner as well or safety. I think he's going to end up a defensive back. But uh, like Rodney said, Alabama would like to add two to three more wide receivers, and Kevin Ridley looks to be one of them. And of course, he talked about AJ Brown. But then where do the rest of these guys fit in? And so it's just going to depend on attrition. Uh, but it also wouldn't surprise me uh, whoever Kirby Smart brings on his staff. Uh, perhaps uh, they swayed Demetrius Robertson. He doesn't leave his native state, so we'll see. You might not, and we're going to get some opinions on these things and more as uh, we have our second guest of the evening now ready to go on the Asian Rim Hotline. You know him on the Internet as LJS Law. His Twitter handle is at LJS Law. He produces an excellent podcast every week called Talking Tuscaloosa. Welcome back to BAMS Radio. Good friend of the show, Jimmy Stein. Hey, guys. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on. Good to hear from you again, Jimmy. Always good to have you on, man. Thanks, thanks, Drew. And now we're uh, right ready to We'll get uh, right rolling here into recruiting, Jimmy. We, we were talking with Rodney Orr last hour about, about some certain guys. We'll talk to you also because uh, I know they're not playing the to your disdain. They're not playing the Alabama-Mississippi game in Mobile. More I know it used to be a regular post practice, but practices are underway down in Haysburg, and uh, there's been a lot of talk down there about guys like Marlon Davidson, uh, Rayquan Davis, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, uh, disregarding defensive line in general and uncommitted guys that are still out there or committed guys who could be swayed elsewhere. Uh, what do you think the whole deal is on that situation right now, Jimmy? Along the defensive line? Yeah, as far as guys that are not committed yet and what they might do or, or flip or whatever. Well, you know, really this time of year, uh, you know, I, I kind of call it the uh, the December reshuffle. I mean, what happens is, you know, the season's over, coaches are just now hitting the road again, and, and what happens is the board has just changed so dramatically, I would say, as opposed to almost any other time of the year, except maybe during summer camps, it's probably the, the biggest changes uh, go on on the board. And, and I think that's why we're seeing Alabama's coaches visit players that, that previously weren't, weren't uh, for instance, you know, a couple of JUCO uh, defensive linemen that, that we're, we're talking to now in the past week or two. These were not names you were hearing in July, August, and September. Uh, just things change so dramatically, you know, this time of the year. But uh, I, I do think the defensive line in particular is a huge point of emphasis for Alabama. Uh I wouldn't be completely shocked if Alabama signed as many as seven 
defensive lineman in this class, I, you know, you know, my guess would be it's actually going to end up being five, but even seven uh, is a possibility. Three guys committed now, you know, with two of them playing in the Alabama-Mississippi High School All-Star game and Quinnen Williams and, and Raquan Davis. Uh, I know Alabama is going to take a long look at some other guys that are that are participating in that game, uh, like, the you know, uh, Benito Jones, for instance, is a guy I'm sure Alabama still has some level of contact with, but you know, in, in terms of who we finish up there with, I, I, I would uh, still focus a little more maybe on Dexter Lawrence, who recently uh, visited. Maybe Rashad Lawrence from Louisiana is a, is a popular name. Michael Carter from Georgia is a guy people don't talk too much about, but I think has a real legitimate chance to end up in this class. But when all is said and done, I, I'm sort of expecting the defensive line to be almost, you know, the bell cow of this particular recruiting group because there's going to be probably five of them. And, Jimmy, i got to tell you, um, I'm really excited what I've seen of Dexter Lawrence. Um, he's a freak. He's a guy that uh, – I talked to John Garcia, who filmed him in person playing middle linebacker at 6'5", 330 pounds. And uh, he can really move. I mean, I, I think he's – you know, I had another respected guy in the recruiting industry who has been in it over 30 years tell me that uh, with the better – you know, as far as if you – with good, great coaching, he him to play hard every day down and kind of get a little bit of that weight off of him. He could be Marcel Darius. Uh, I just really think uh, that he's a guy that's a true five-star player, probably along with Derrick Brown, who's going to be a tough pull from Sugar Hill, Georgia. I think Kirby Smart will find a way to hold on to him. But what are your thoughts, obviously, on uh, on uh, Dexter Lawrence? You just you talked about him a little bit. But also Rashard Lawrence uh, from Monroe, Louisiana. I think he's another one that Alabama's got a chance to get. Yeah, I would almost say because of the recruiting situation uh, at LSU that, that we almost have a better shot right now at Rashad Lawrence. I think the, the less-mile job situation might be something that really benefits a school like Alabama who's recruited really, really well in Louisiana recently. Dexter might be a little harder pull. We don't typically sign a lot of players from, from North Carolina, not typically. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he's fantastic. I think at one point, at least one service was ranking him the number one prospect in the United States. So, you know, cl- clearly he's an elite level kid. Uh, you know, any, any sort of two gap guy like him who's, who's kind of built to play in a two gap system, but, but he's also for, for an interior guy, he's got some some pass rush downhill explosion. So, you know, they they just don't you know they just aren't built any better than that guy. I just think he's going to be sort of a tougher pull between the two of them. I would say Alabama's probably a better shot at Rashad Lawrence just because it's going to be a little easier to recruit against Les Miles of Louisiana in the next 12 months just simply because of everything that happened there with his with his job where there doesn't appear to be a, a lot of stability there uh, with the head coach. So uh, Rashad is, is also just a very athletic defensive lineman, and, and uh, he would make a great addition to this group because we really do need some bodies there. There's no telling – Everybody's going to have a guess as to what juniors leave early, but, you know, there's sort of a nightmare-type scenario of, of, of Sean, Jonathan Allen, and maybe Dalvin Tomlinson, you know, all leaving at once, and then, we, then we're then we in sort of a desperation mode there at that position. So we do need to load up uh, not only with, with bodies, but guys that would be capable of making an impact right away. Uh, and, and Dexter Lawrence, Rashad Lawrence, Michael Carter, these are all guys capable of doing that. Jimmy, we are going to focus on recruiting on this segment.
but I do want to touch base with you on, on something that we did touch on with Rodney Latour, but I want to get your take on it too. There's been, in my opinion, a, a surprising lack of attrition on the coaching staff. It was made out at first that Kirby Bart was going to rate a third staff. That didn't happen. Didn't get Tyler Cochran, didn't get Tyler Lupoy. Uh, it's same town now, like Lane Kipps is going to stay. But, and we, most of us, Drew and myself including, uh, are hearing, Jimmy, that the new defensive coordinator is going to be a guy who, in our estimation, as a recruiter and a coordinator, is a perfect fit in Jeremy Pruitt. So tell us what you're hearing along those lines. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Uh, I think from the very beginning, the two names, once 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 it was official that Kirby was leaving or clear that Kirby was leaving, I think the names that made the most sense were Jeremy Pruitt and Will Muschamp in the sense that here, every decision Coach Saban makes is about is about recruiting. And Jeremy in particular and Muschamp to some degree – you know, our quality, experienced recruiters recruiting from the same pool of players that Alabama recruits from. Uh, Jeremy also has extensive experience, you know, working at, for Coach Saban at Alabama. Those, those names made all the sense in the world, both of them. And then, obviously, you know, Coach Muschamp ends, ends up with a job, and Jeremy's the one that, that that's that's between jobs at the moment. So, uh, I certainly expect it to be Jeremy Pruitt, you know, at this point, uh, and he's a perfect fit not only because he's so familiar with Coach Saban and the system we run, but really recruiting and the stability he can provide us there. Because we have to remember, Kirby Smart was one of the best recruiters on staff. Kirby recruited Georgia. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt has now a big reputation in Georgia. I think hiring Jeremy can sort of soften the blow of losing Kirby uh, because losing Kirby not only hurt us from an X's and O's sense, it hurts us in the recruiting sense. And I think, uh, I think Jeremy Pruitt can make up for a lot of that. And Jimmy, uh, I agree. I think Jeremy, Jeremy is a great uh, recruiter and evaluator. Maybe better than Kirby, but not convinced. Maybe yet that he's as good a coach. And uh, we always we we see what Coach Saban has said and the the accolades he's given Kirby for being able to coach and teach and relate to the players and and adjust on the fly well. But we, uh, Jeremy would be, I think, a really good fit, uh, obviously. Uh, and then of course, Tosh Lupoi, we've seen. Uh, in his one year as a recruiter and uh, obviously as a, a coach, uh, that he's got tons of potential and that he's been the real deal and been a huge upgrade. Uh, what What are your thoughts as far as uh, the staff uh, with Lane Kiffin coming back? I, you know, I had reported uh, just for most of the season that Lane would not return, but in the last couple of weeks, you've begun to hear more and more that he uh, may very well come back and return for a third season. And when you look at the landscape, he doesn't look like he's going to get a head coaching job in college. You know, the NFL can always come along as an OC. But then when you think about he personally recruited Blake Barnett, who, in my opinion, will be favorite to be the starting quarterback in 2016. And you see both Scarborough and Damian Harris at running back. And then the uh, cavalcade of riches at wide receiver, the return of Robert Foster from the Rotator Cup, Ardarius Stewart's development, and then, of course, Calvin Ridley, who's been a freshman All-American. Cam Sims should be fully recovered from his knee. And then you've got O.J. Howard and that, that development of Hell Hinges. Wow, I mean, this this offense could be really, really special. Yeah, it does uh, exactly what, what you've been saying all along, Drew. Uh, you know, I, I really doubted that Coach Kiffin would be returning to Alabama next season, but in the past two to three weeks, 
you can sort of sense a, a change in direction. And now, now I think there's a better chance lately than than there was before that that Coach Kiffin would would be returning to Alabama next season. I just wouldn't put anything in stone until the NFL hiring season comes and goes. Uh, that 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 more or less happens in January, and I'm not. I wouldn't rule out the possibility that uh, that Lane could end up uh, as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, it does appear that uh, the opportunity for him to be a head coach somewhere else in college football is, is not going to happen this season. Thus, uh, I think there's a greater chance than ever that Lane can return. But but I, I just wouldn't I just wouldn't put it in stone until the NFL hiring season is come and gone. I agree and. And then with Scott Cochran and Burden Burns, I know there's been speculation on both of them, but each of those guys is a year away from uh, qualifying for state retirement. So it would right. behoove both of them uh, to stay uh, at the University of Alabama, and I believe both of those uh, guys will. And and just uh, and, and Jimmy, what what are your thoughts as far as uh, with uh, how, how this team finished? Uh, I really have been, and I know you saw Jake Coker probably more than anyone. Uh, that we have on this show because being in Mobile, you you saw him in high school, and I have just been amazed at the progress that uh, Jake has made from August till now. Well, it's amazing what happens when you actually get to play in the games, and that that's when your development happens. I, I remember a quote uh, one time from from Joe Theismann, of all people, who said who said a a quarterback's experience is gained from being inside the pocket in games. And the fact of the matter is Jake got to be a, a fifth-year senior who hadn't played too much. He didn't play too much at Florida State, didn't play too much at Alabama last year. So for all of Jake's apparent deficiencies through spring practice and fall practice that led to a five-person quarterback battle, I think it ends up that once Jake started playing in the games week to week to week, getting all the first-team reps, getting all the first-team coaching, and spending that time in the pocket and rolling out of the pocket in the games – he just got better and better and better, like 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 many kids do that get to play. So I, I think the fact that Jake was just able to gain the on-the-field experience week to week is what has made the difference, and there's no question he's a different quarterback today than he was in September and a much, much better quarterback than he was a year ago. Jimmy, there's been some unconfirmed reports that Dayton Ingram may have suffered an injury at, at practice and they may miss a lot of games for Alabama. That's not official for the university. But something that is official is that Dayton, who is, of course, from Theodore, not not terribly far from your area, part of your area, Dayton tweeted out a couple of days ago that uh, his uh, schoolmate from Theodore, LaMichael Pirine, was going to end up in Tuscaloosa. And I couldn't tell if it was just kids having fun on social media or if maybe Dayton is on to something. Uh, what are your thoughts about LaMichael Piron as a player and as an Alabama possible signee? Well, my first thought is if uh, Dazon, uh, you know, is, a, is apparently injured per, per strong rumor, so uh, I'm going to be huddled in prayer overnight that he, that he has a miraculous recovery because he's off such a good start. But uh, I saw LaMichael Piron play not too long ago. I, guess, I think it was probably the final regular season game for Theodore, uh, Coach Burton Burns happened to be there in person. Uh, the fact that Coach Burns does not recruit the Mobile area, which meant he was he went specifically out of his way to see a running back that we were considering offering. And I believe per per Twitter reports from LaMichael himself, Coach Saban offered or uh, offered LaMichael 
just a day or two after uh, Burton Burns saw him play in person. Uh, Michael's a, a really good player. Uh, I, I like him a lot. I think he's been sort of under – I thought kind of strangely, I think Michael was a little overrated after his junior year when he was making a lot of lists as being a top prospect. And then when Florida took him early, I was really surprised. I, I didn't I didn't think he, he was really an SEC-level kid from what I saw last year and in and, and his sophomore year, and he spent part of his high school career hurt. But his senior year, he, he really developed it in, into, into a different player. I, I'll give Coach Mack and his staff a ton of credit for identifying LaMichael as a guy who would further develop, because he really did. And uh, in his senior season, I think LaMichael removed all doubt. He, he is definitely a solid SEC prospect. I still wouldn't go so far as to call him elite or a national top 100 type kid uh, because he just simply doesn't have the measurables, uh, you know, to, to, to really be considered an elite back. But I think he proved beyond a shadow of a doubt he is definitely an SEC player. And in a season that's just kind of weak, there's just a weak crop of running backs, it just makes all the sense in the world if there's a legitimate SEC running back from the state of Alabama, that should be a guy Alabama needs to be really interested in because we need to sign two or three running backs, and uh, there's just not a lot of qualified backs out there. Let me ask you another mobile question, uh, because I've always been a Tyler Johnston fan. I was tickled that he got an offer and committed to UAB as a quarterback. But I understand his younger brother, Thomas, is actually a, an SEC-type prospect as a linebacker that, that's drawn Alabama's interest and maybe even at least a verbal offer. What do you know about the Thomas Johnston, Spanish sports linebacker? I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm a big Thomas Johnston fan. I think he is a definite SEC player. Uh, he has been a starter at Spanish Fort High School since his, his ninth grade season, which is not an easy thing to do. It's such an elite, uh, you know, it's such an elite program. Uh, he, I tell you, who he reminds me of, and and, and it's a heck of a, co- a comparison to make. Uh, and but I'll tell you, in terms of his style of play and what he brings to the table, if you'll, you'll remember an inside linebacker for Alabama, for Alabama back in the Gene Stallings era named John Sullins. Uh, Thomas Johnson yeah. reminds me a lot of Sullins, uh, who was a really good player for Alabama uh, during that period of time. A little undersized, not the fastest guy but is instinctive, as you can imagine, uh, a, a great hitter. He'll be a great special teams player. Uh, I, I, I like Thomas Johnson a lot. He was offered by Clemson in the ninth grade. He was offered by LSU last summer. So I'm, I'm not alone in liking Thomas. Uh, again, not the hugest guy, not the fastest guy, but extremely productive and a very willing hitter and uh, also a very good baseball player, which shows what kind of athlete he is. Uh, yeah, I, I think Thomas Johnson's a guy that will end up in the SEC. If, if, if Tyler, his older brother, does stick with his UAB commitment and sign with UAB, I suppose there's always a possibility that the brothers would want to play together. But uh, Thomas Johnson's quality of offers is, uh, is pretty impressive. And uh, there's other juniors at Spanish for Justin Thomas is definitely an emerging defensive lineman from Spanish Fort. It's also a junior. He is the son of a former Alabama offensive tackle, Atlas Herion. Uh, Justin Thomas gets better and better every week, and I think he's a guy that will end up with multiple SEC offers himself. 
and Jimmy, uh, that's heady praise comparing Thomas Johnston to uh, John Sellins. And I know those two young men have camped at Alabama. And I believe, uh, from what I hear, Alabama fans, I think if they turned up the heat and he has a great summer, that Alabama could definitely uh, take Thomas. Um, and, of course, his brother, Tyler, uh, was a, has been a, one of the best quarterbacks. Okay, he just he never lost a game. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the state on the high school level. Uh, but your thoughts uh, on uh, on uh, T.J. Simmons? I, I saw him in person in the playoffs against Austin. Uh, I really like. Uh, you know, we already called, talked about Deontay Brown uh, with Rodney Orr. I think he can be a monster and a great, a really good prospect. But I really believe after watching Simmons and. Uh, in that particular contest, he played wide receiver. He returned kicks, played a little tight end, did a very good job blocking. And then uh, when they had a triple uh, covering Mr. Jagway, the uh, the uh, junior receiver for Austin, he lined up at both free safety and corner and told me he hadn't been doing that. But oh, he'd only been doing it since week nine, but he still uh, looked, pretty, uh, looked like he held his own at defensive back. I just really think Simmons is a guy – uh, it's been kind of underrated, but once again, it was a great evaluation by Nick Saban's staff. Yeah, he's another guy that, that reminds me in one way of LaMichael Piron in the sense that I think T.J. Simmons was a good prospect as a young guy, but but really developed into an even next-level type prospect as a senior. I see a lot of physical development in him. Uh, one thing about him, it doesn't sound like a compliment, but it really is. He looks the part. I mean, T.J. Simmons already has the look of an SEC wide receiver. He is tall. He has a great frame. He uses his hands. He, he's polished. Uh, the thing that I like most about him, uh, you know, watching uh, watching the tape is he's a very willing blocker, which is a big part of Alabama's success. Is we, We've typically under Saban had a lot of high-quality blockers playing the wide receiver position, and T.J. Simmons will fit in uh, really well in that role. So I think that's a good, solid pickup for Alabama, and uh, – and T.J. Simmons will find a role at Alabama, you know, down the road. Getting back to Mobile real quick, Jimmy, uh, it, it was kind of funny the other night on, on social media, you, uh, you you mentioned a couple of kids, a junior and a sophomore, on your Twitter, who are probably going to be top 50, top 100 players in their respective classes. I had a chance uh, to be at Bryant in Thursday night to see Mortimer Jordan take on St. Paul's, and St. Paul's has a junior D lineman, named Brian Johnson, and a sophomore defensive back slash wide receiver, Jalen Armour Davis. And I just kind of randomly picked that game. My first choice was to do the Friday night game between uh, Clay Chalkville and Spanish Fort, but I had a conflict that night, so I said, okay, I'm going to go Thursday because John Garcia had advised me that there were two potential top 100, maybe even top 50 national guys on St. Paul's in the underclass ranks. Funny that you, you mentioned them, and I had just gotten done taking their pictures during once, and I was able to reply with their photos. Uh, but when the game was over, Jimmy, I felt like I had seen the high school version of Jonathan Allen and Marlon Humphrey. These guys are freaking studs. And you probably knew about them all year, but I didn't. It was my first time to hear about them and to see them in person. John had advised me a few days before to watch them. But tell me what you think about Ryan Johnson and Jalen Armour Davis, because I, I was kind of blown away, Jimmy. Well, one thing that will really interest Alabama fans, he's a new name, so not everybody's going to know a lot about him, but the sophomore cornerback, Jalen Armour Davis, is actually the nephew of a former Alabama basketball player, Solomon Davis. So that, that's going to give Alabama, you know, a little a little bit of a leg up in his, in his recruitment, which I suspect will be a pretty big deal down the road. Jalen is 
basic. I'll tell you who I compare Jalen to as a tenth grader is Dre Kirkpatrick, uh, and and I compare him to Dre because Jalen, even in the tenth grade, is very tall and long. He is pretty explosive athletically. Uh, he has great great hips, great ankles. He he is clearly a pure cornerback, even in the tenth grade, and. And then throw in his fantastic ball skills. He, he he sort of has it all. He needs to develop more physically, become a more physical player. But people say that about great cover corners all the time, uh, you know. And I'm not sure that'll ever be his thing. But he's just a really skilled, long athlete that's very explosive. And when when you're basically the best athlete on the field at St. Paul's and you're in the tenth grade, you're you're a pretty special kid. So I think Jalen Armour Davis will be a very highly recruited guy, and I could easily see him being national top 50 uh, and a potential five-star if he further develops. Uh, Ryan Johnson's a year older. He's a junior, so he's class of 2017. The thing I like, I've seen Ryan play for quite a while, too. Uh, the comparison that I make for him, uh, maybe it's the position and the name, but but he's just a very similar kid to Ryan Anderson at Alabama, where he's a big-bodied outside linebacker type who will specialize in setting the edge in the run game, but he's also explosive and aggressive and would, will prove to be a pretty good pass rusher at the SEC level. Maybe not a Tim Williams-level pass rusher, but more like a Ryan Anderson-type effort, physical, violent, uh, just not you know a premier athlete that's going to go out there you know and run a 4-5 or anything like that. He's just physical, pretty explosive, and gets downhill. Ryan made considerable improvement from his sophomore to junior year. I think now has kind of placed himself in a position to be a national top 100 player. The Mobile area is loaded with really with a lot of really good prospects in the 2017 class. Ryan Johnson, along with Thomas Johnston at Spanish Fort, and a couple of kids at Murphy, Kendra Keynes and Neil, Neil Farrell, uh, I, I think those those kids are, are all going to be uh, – they'll all garner several – SEC-type offers, but Ryan Johnston from St. Paul's may be the area's top junior prospect, which is saying quite a bit in this next group. And, Jimmy, I know we've talked about it before, and Rodney said a little bit about it. We talked about T.J. Simmons. Uh, I think the most fascinating position as far as board, especially with Jeremy Pruitt come on, coming on, because could Alabama decide to further pursue Miko Hardman? Uh, what happens with Demetrius Robertson? But it's really uh, the wide receiver position. It's so deep, and Alabama's in on so many guys. It looks like Kevin Ridley has a very good chance to be a part of the class, and I'm very high on A.J. Brown, but uh, I think they'll sign two to three more because I think Diggs will play either corner or safety. Uh, just uh, I know uh, you, uh, you've uh, thought uh, the same thing, that the uh, it would just be one of those things where, again, the board is ever-changing. But what are your thoughts as of right now? And then Amon Richards. Uh, he's coming on kind of like Amari Cooper did. What's your thoughts on the wide receiver position uh, as of right now? Well, I'd like to see us on Amon Richards in the sense that of all the, the wide receivers that are out there that I've watched on tape that we could potentially land. I think Amon Richards is probably the best of them myself, but there are so many good ones. It's sort of just everyone's going to have their personal favorite. You watch six, eight, nine of them, even Demetrius Robinson from Georgia who were Still talking to, I think Coach Saban was meeting with him this afternoon or tonight. He's another guy that could end up on that list. Though I suspect that's going to be a tough fight with Kirby Smart. It's weird to say that out loud, but that might be a tough fight with uh, with Kirby Smart for him. But 
uh, I, I agree that, that probably two to three more uh, from where we are right now and, and names like Kevin Ridley, like Amon Richards, Keith Gavin, uh, Hardman, uh, Demetrius Robinson, A.J. Brown, uh, uh, Michael Jones from uh, from Louisiana. I, I think those are all names. It, it could be any of those guys. Uh, we're, what Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, and Calvin Ridley have done for us, kind of making us into a, a wide receiver U of sorts, I guess has helped us a lot with this class. Uh, it's funny, there's hardly any running backs out there, but, but the wide receiver group is deep. These kids like Alabama, and really – I think, guys, we're, we're sort of at that position. Uh, we're in a position to pick and choose who we want. We just have to pick wisely because even though all of those guys are highly rated and they have a lot of good offers, as we know, some of them will prove to be great and others will prove to be average. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll watch the tape and make really good decisions there because we can sort of have who we want at that spot. Jim? With Greg Little reportedly heading to Ole Miss, I guess you don't give up till the inks dry, but, but with him reportedly heading to Oxford, do you feel like Alabama will make a move to add another left tackle in this class, or will they just ride with the fact that most people feel that, that Jonah Williams can play left tackle? I think a little of both. I think I think Jonah Williams is so good, and Charles Baldwin, the JUCO tackle, I, I think they're so good that, that it kind of puts us in a position where we're not exactly desperate for a tackle. So I think they would still take a tackle if it's the right one. Maybe, you know, the kid from Washington, D.C., Williams, uh, you know, he might be a guy they, they would still take. Uh, but I don't think they would take just a warm body now. I, I think having Jonah Williams and Charles Baldwin in the fold. And I'll tell you, even though he, he developed really late in his career and he's hardly a recruit, he'll be a fifth-year guy next year, but even the development of someone like Corin Kerbin probably changes our thinking a little bit at tackle in the sense that, you know, he's a contender to potentially be a starting right tackle next season. So, so I, I think I doubt you'll see us in desperation mode at tackle. I, I think they're going to be satisfied with Jonah and Charles. The right guy is willing to come. They'll take him, but I, I just don't think they'll take anybody. And well, Jimmy, I got to say. Same line. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gary. Just want to ask real quick: Do, do you also feel like that uh, they may or may not take another tight end, Jimmy? I know they love to have Isaac Nada, but he's probably going to Georgia. But do, do you feel like they may still try to add another tight end? Right. Well, with, five, with the five-star like Nada, obviously that's someone they would love to take. I think they'll have a difficult decision with the kid. I'll just name a kid that I think they'll have a tough decision with: that Nick Eubanks from Miami. I think that's a kid we could very possibly get. Whether we push to get him or, or, or not, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, some of it's going to depend on you know OJ Howard has a decision to make. I mean, I, I know most people assume OJ will be back. I think OJ will be back, but you know some some think OJ might, might leave, and 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 that can change the numbers situation at tight end. But as of right now, I think they're sitting pretty good uh, with the two tight ends that are committed in this group, particularly because. They have such different skill sets where Brendan Scales is, is more of the inline Y blocker and Miller Forstall more of a H-back type pass receiver. Uh, I think they're pretty set with what they have. They would certainly take the big-time five-star like Nauta, who, who most likely will end up at Georgia, but I think they'll have a tougher decision to make with a, a guy like, like a Eubanks who's 
you know, he's a, a really good prospect. He's not a premier prospect. He's not a guy that's going to show up and, and, and be a first-team type guy as a true freshman, but more of a developmental guy. But uh, it's just a tough decision. Sometimes, guys, I think those decisions aren't, aren't made specifically at do we need another tight end. It's like looking at the whole board and like, well, do we want to take this tight end who we think is pretty good, or maybe we do need that extra left tackle. Uh, so I, I think with the tight end, it's going to kind of come down to what the rest of the board looks like and not necessarily uh, what they need at tight end because the two they got pretty much fill their needs, I believe. And, Jimmy, I, what I was going to ask about is defensive back, especially now with Jeremy Pruitt coming back. Um, uh, he And, of course, he could switch to inside linebackers if they find a way to keep Mel Tucker uh, some think Coach Tucker could end up back in the NFL, but he's done a great job with the secondary. But I do think uh, Jeremy Pruitt uh, was recruiting Nigel Warrior quite hard, uh, the son of Dale Carter. And I know he's uh, – Kirby Smart had stated now, he, of course, he's at Georgia and will try to, uh, to uh, recruit Nigel as well, I'm sure. But uh, he had said that uh, he was number one on Alabama's board. Just your thoughts on the Nigel – Nigel Warrior and Nigel not. Well, I would love to sign them both. I'm big fans of both. I think Nigel Knott, as an athlete, is just fantastic. I mean, I think he's one of the most athletic kids in the country, maybe even the most athletic kid in the country in this class. He'll have a ways to go in terms of learning how to play cornerback at the highest levels, but in terms of the clay that you're getting with him, he's as good as it gets. Uh, you know, Warrior, the thing I like about him is, it's, it's, you know, he's the son of Dale Carter, and Dale Carter's one of the best defensive backs in the history of this league, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't I don't know that his son is ever going to deserve that level of accolade, but he is a really good prospect. Jeremy's going to know him really well. Uh, and, and Alabama, I, I think we were in very, very good shape for Nigel Warrior. I think Nigel not being from Mississippi does a tough pull as we, we talk about every, every time I'm on your show, for, for whatever reason, it's, it's, it's tough to sign kids out of Mississippi. So I'm not going to set myself up for too much disappointment with Nigel Lott. Uh, between the two of them, I would say we have a, a better shot at the Warrior kid, uh, in part because of Jeremy. And, and you know, I'd, I'd call what's going on right now the December reshuffle, uh, which really has kids moving up and down the board and kids you didn't even hear of before that become high priorities. Well, a big part of the December reshuffle is all the coaches are moving around, and, and that results in, in the recruits moving around. And Kirby going to Georgia is going to change what our recruiting class will look like and change what Georgia's class will look like. And Jeremy Pruitt coming to Alabama will change what our ultimately the class will look like, and uh, hopefully in a positive manner. And, and Nigel Warriors could be a great a great example of, of, of what hiring Jeremy Pruitt could mean at Alabama because I think it just gives us an even better shot at a kid like him. And this, Jimmy, because we don't know exactly what Mel Tucker's going to do yet. But let's say theoretically, Mel goes ahead back to the pros in January, something like after the season. Let's say that then Jeremy Pruitt takes a C job and becomes a secondary coach. Now you're looking for a linebacker coach. And I realize all the sensitivity is still around about the Jonathan Taylor situation. But Nick Saban is a man of redemption when it comes to players and assistant coaches. I say all that to ask you this. Do you think that former Bama assistant and former Auburn player and current New Orleans Saints assistant, James Willis, would, would get a call in that situation? I definitely would not rule that out at all. 
uh, in part because uh, in part because Coach Willis had been at Alabama under Nick and, and did a really good job while he was there. Uh, yeah, I never heard a you know a, a you know a cross word or bad word about uh, his relationships with the other coaches and with the players and with the prospects or having any off the field type problems. I think Coach Willis was really liked and respected and did a really good job in Tuscaloosa. So that would not surprise me at all. Um, you know, some of it just depends on what uh, his situation is with the Saints. Uh, that that could be a, a coaching situation, perhaps. <laughs> that's, that's a question mark, you know, in New Orleans. So, uh, no, I, I, I would consider that a very real possibility. Uh, I think another possibility could be, depending on what his contractual situation might end up, at Kevin Shearer, who's over at Georgia working with uh, Jeremy Pruitt, uh, at Georgia, also has some experience as an Alabama support staff guy under Nick as well, So, I, and, and he coaches the linebackers at Georgia. So I think Kevin Shearer would would also be uh, a guy you'd have to throw in on the list of possibilities. And then, Jimmy, obviously a linebacker is a position of need. you still got to be confident. Uh, Lindell, Mack, Wilson, and Ben Davis ultimately signed with Alabama. I still am confident that's going to happen. We talked to Rodney briefly about Dontavious Jackson, who uh, rocketed up the board after a great camp experience and uh, really uh, working out and doing a great job this summer. They're trying to get him on campus for an official visit. Uh, your thoughts on Jackson and, uh, you know, he he could be uh, the linchpin or the, uh, the icing on top of the uh, Sunday here, or the icing on the cake, I should say, icing on the cake uh, for the Tide from a linebacker perspective. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorites, uh, or is it kind of similar to the Yuli kid who's already committed to us from uh, from Virginia. Uh, but Dontavious Jackson is a huge hitter. He is a inside-the-tackle-box nightmare, I think, for running backs. Uh, he not uh, The thing that stood out to me about his tape, and I remember watching his tape again not too long ago and just immediately I watched six or eight clips and just start raving about him because he, he doesn't just hit opposing running backs he, he just destroys people he he is he is out there playing in a very violent manner he, he just absolutely knocks people backwards uh with with high school tape i would say that's very similar to reuben foster's and, and we see how after some development reuben's career has gone at alabama so uh, i'm a huge don Tavis jackson fan uh, he has several good offers getting him out of texas will, will obviously be the be a trick, but uh, I think we're in pretty good shape there. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised at all to see Dontavious Jackson on our list come signing day. All right, well, that's all I've got. Uh, Jimmy, uh, Drew, do you have anything else? I was going to ask, Jimmy, your thoughts. Just, uh, I know we, uh, we will probably have you on before the game, but just your preliminary thoughts. On the matchup with Michigan State, and uh, and then real and quickly on uh, the Heisman chances uh, for Derrick Henry, we all think that he's going to win the award. Yeah, I, I think Derrick's going to win. I think it is going to be sort of close because I think just about every ballot out there, I, th- I think I think the majority of ballots in this country are going to have Derrick McCaffrey and Deshaun Watson as the three guys on the on the on everyone's ballot. So. The voting is going to be close for that reason. I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of votes out there for the other guys. So I think it's going to be very close, but I think in the end, Derek's going to win it. 
it might be close like it was when Mark beat the Stanford running back, you know, back in 2009. It might be that close again. So but I, I think Derek will win. Toby Gerhardt. Yeah, Toby Gerhardt. Yeah, he he was uh, right behind Mark in, in 09, and it's what a, what a coincidence that here we are six years later with another Alabama running back and another Stanford running back very potentially running one and two. As far as Michigan State goes, it, it, stylistically it's an interesting matchup for us because we do really well under under Nick Saban when we face these these what I call mirror teams. So Michigan State's a mirror team to us. They they run a very similar offense. They run a very similar defense. It's what we practice against every day. Uh, I, I think where Alabama fans might be making a mistake is is, is looking back to 2010 and and that complete demolition of Michigan State. And that's Michigan State just wasn't as good then as they are now. They're they're a much better team now than they were then. They're bigger. They're more physical. They're more NFL style in terms of the prospects that they put on the field. So, uh, you know, but Nick Saban's record against these pro-style teams are very good, probably just because of the familiarity. We see it every day in practice. So uh, I like the matchup. Uh, we're, a better, we're just a better football team than they are. I, I think Alabama's going to win. I, however, do not believe it will be easy. There's a lot of fight in that team. They've won every close game <laughs> they've been in but one. And then that one, they got sort of ripped off by the officials a little bit. But uh, Michigan State's a very good team. Connor Cook's a very good quarterback. Uh, I think the game will be pretty tight until until late. Uh, but I'm expecting Alabama to win in that seven to ten point range. Yeah, I think 24 to 14 sounds about right at this juncture. But uh, Jimmy, I want to thank you so much for giving us about 40 minutes of your time tonight. Very informative, as always, and we'll thank you for joining us on the Asian Realm Hotline on BAMS Radio, and we will talk to you again very soon, sir. Oh, I look forward to it. Thanks, Drew. Uh, thanks, you guys, for uh, for having me on. I really enjoy it. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you, man. That's Jimmy Stein. You know him as LJS Law. His Twitter is at LJS Law, and also Google Talking Tuscaloosa because he and Luke Robinson put out a quality podcast every single week. And he joined us on the Asian Rim Hotline, as our next caller is about to do. But before we bring on our next caller, I want to remind you that they are expanding the uh, cocktail list, specifically the martini list at Asian Rim. And they are now up into the 20s as far as the number of varieties of martinis you can get. And, of course, don't forget, Asian Rim at the Colonnade will be happy to host or cater your Christmas party or New Year's Eve party. Give Chris Arvin, the general manager, a call at 490-1444 or email him at carvin at asianrim.com. So joining us next on the Asian Rim Hotline is our regular caller from Greenville, Alabama, former Alabama manager, uh, former Alabama memorabilia salesman, and uh, author of an Alabama trivia book, holder of a national championship ring, my friend and yours, Colin Big C. McGuire. What is going on, big man? Much, Gary. Hey, Drew. How y'all tonight? Doing well, Big C man. How you doing? Uh, let me ask y'all now. Since some situations happened over in East Alabama, what do you think Alabama's chances are getting the fella from here in Greenville are? Well, I don't think that's that situation's over. If I were the Auburn Tigers, being the dumpster fire they are right now, uh, if Marlon Davidson and he has been quoted as saying he has to make a visit to Alabama before he enrolls. If he ends up on, in Tuscaloosa before he enrolled, I, I would be drinking some Mylanta if I was the Auburn Nation. 
I'll add something to that, Big C. Uh, every time you bring up Marlon Davidson and his commitment to Auburn, he tells people he's 75% committed. Well, that means there's 25% chance he'll flip. Alabama's gotten flips from Auburn pretty much every year the last four or five years. Uh, you know, T.J. Yeldon, the list goes on. But, uh, you know, and people always bring up his brother, Big C. But let me, let me just throw this out there for those that want to hang on to the brother being the reason that, that he sticks with Auburn. The odds of his brother and his brother's boss still being at Auburn a year from now are real slim. Real slim. So, well, agreed. Uh, so, you know, you can't, I don't think you can base a three to four year decision on the fact that your brother's on the staff of a guy that's probably going to be fired in 12 months. Well, I mean, yeah. from what I heard today, I have not put it on Twitter, but I did talk about it on my show. From what I understand, I, Auburn is uh, still trying to talk to Charles Kelly. Uh, I don't think he's going to come from Florida State. He, though he's an Auburn alum, Brian Shoup, uh, or Shoup's name, from uh, the defensive uh, Penn State's name has come up, Paul Rhodes. I don't think it's going to be any of those guys. I was told today the next Auburn defensive coordinator would be former Auburn assistant, former Georgia defensive coordinator, former Oklahoma secondary coach, and current Tennessee secondary coach Willie Martinez is going to be the next Auburn defensive coordinator. Do not think it's an impactful hire to me, but the one that could be a very interesting hire for them is if uh, Martinez it does indeed become the next Auburn defensive coordinator. Uh, the word is that former secondary coach uh, or, or well, former Alabama defensive back, current Mississippi State secondary coach, uh, Deshae Townsend, would be coming to the Plains. Mm. Interesting. Which oh, I think uh, would be yeah. a good hire for Auburn. For a year. You think that's why they're having sort of problems hiring somebody as the defensive oh. coordinator? Uh, no Are doubt. They? I mean, uh, you know, uh, from what I hear, Townsend's uh, coaching tree is kind of limited. Uh, but Deshae Townsend was a guy that was uh, mentioned uh, for the uh, secondary job last year. They ended up going to Mel Tucker. He had a great NFL career, won a couple of Super Bowls with the Steelers, uh, finished his career with Arizona, went into coaching, and has done a fine job with Mississippi State. That would be a good young coach for them. But, again, you'd probably need some financial security there, even if you're Willie Martinez or if you're uh, uh, Deshae Townsend, probably at least a two-year guarantee because as uh, Kerry said, and it's there's no doubt, Charlie Trotman said it on my show today, uh, Gus Malzahn's going to be coaching for his job. Wow. You know, Drew and Colin, both both of y'all, we had Kirk McNair on here last week, and he made a point. Uh, a football coach, especially on the defensive side of the ball, can usually coach more than one position. So let's say, for example, I'm just throwing this out there because I've heard one person mention it. Let's say Drew Pruitt gets the coordinator, but he decides to do linebacker like Kirby Smart did. Nick Saban won't call it a shake house. Well, he I think if, if you see Jeremy Pruitt taking on the linebacker duties, it's because Mel Tucker stayed. Well, that's fair. What else you got, Big C? Oh, um, um, what is with Kirby Smart going to Georgia, you think that's going to affect Alabama? What way? I, I didn't get to hear that other fellow that was on before me. What way do you think that's going to affect recruiting? Well, I don't think it's going to affect recruiting too uh, adversely, uh, Big C. I think, obviously, 
obviously uh, Kirby Smart is, a, is an excellent young coach and is a, has done a pretty good job recruiting at Alabama. And Alabama's in on a few kids in Georgia, but they're not in on a bunch. Though I will say, bringing in Jeremy Pruitt, I was told today uh, two words uh, when uh, that he when he was uh, when it was told me by multiple sources that he would be coming back to the University of Alabama, and I was told T.J. Yeldon when it came to a few kids in the state of Georgia. T.J. Yeldon? I don't understand what he means. Flipping. Oh, 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 oh. Well, which okay. way, Alabama to Georgia or Georgia to Alabama? Alabama's uh, way. Coming Alabama for me. Or maybe they'd get Demetrius Robertson back. But, I mean, I, you know, here's another one I want to ask you about, Drew. I know you don't feel like there's a good chance, but uh, with Rick gone, does Alabama have a better shot there at Conway? Uh, well, I think he's supposed to visit this weekend, as Rodney said. We'll see. Uh, I think that uh, with Kirby Smart going to Georgia uh, and with uh, Tracy Rocker, they want to retain him. I think it's a good chance uh, that Derrick Brown won't leave the state. But we'll see. But uh, and Derrick Brown is free. He's a great prospect. But I just truly believe he'll probably, much like Trent Thompson, he'll stay in state, much like Trent did a year ago. Now, this Brown, is this guy from Alabama or Georgia? I don't keep up with it like y'all do. Yeah, Derrick Brown's from Sugar Hill, Georgia. Yeah, he oh. played with my uh, nephew in high school. My nephew's a year older than him. He played for Lanier High in Sugar Hill, Georgia. Uh, and I, I tell you, see, out of all the players I've seen the last two years, D-line-wise, Derrick Brown's the only one that I've seen that was better than Marlon Davidson on the D-line. Dang. Yeah, he's a really oh. good player, and- Go ahead. Yeah, I see. Oh, yeah, I, I heard. I understood what he's saying. He's better than about Marlon Davidson. Mm-hmm. Pretty sad there. I think the odds, it sounds like to me, if he don't go, I think he's going to go to Alabama or go out of state. Now, I'm talking about Marlon Davidson. I don't – I just think the thing at Auburn's just like – it's just been like a disaster. Now, let me ask you this. Is Lance Thompson still over there or is he gone? Uh, he's He's at Auburn right now. Uh, he, he made up calling the signals in the bowl game. They haven't announced anything yet, but he's gonna, he's trying to get himself in the mix for the defensive coordinator's job, but he has about as much chance of getting that job, in my opinion, as I do of ever saying War Eagle that I've been paid. But uh, I, I think that, uh, that Lance will probably end up one of two places. He could go to Georgia with Kirby Smart, but I think there's a chance he's going to end up with Will Muschamp and Traverius Robinson. Uh, in, in South Carolina. Wow. But I think he'll he'll land on his feet. Lance always does, and uh, I think uh, you know he he could end he could end up with Kirby Smart, but it would not shock me at all if he ends up uh, with Will Muschamp, who worked with him this year at Auburn. Even though uh, I believe I don't know if it's been officially announced, but Ellis Johnson I think is going to be returned to South Carolina as well. Well, that is the just not as a just not as a coordinator. Yeah, he's not as a coordinator, and uh, I, I haven't seen what position he was going to take on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I even heard it might be assistant head coach, but uh, he's definitely going to be an assistant on the defense. Well, interesting, man. Well, um, uh, I'm trying to think what to say, but it's, it's been look like it's been a banner year again with awards, individual awards for players like the offensive and defensive players, the SEC awards, 
And then I know, like, the coaches, they've uh, – how many teams – let's see, I know uh, – did Ryan Kelly make uh, the coaches poll All-American team? I mean, I know Derek – I mean, Derek uh, Henry did, but, I mean, when there's several Alabama players that made the coaches All-American team, or has that been announced yet? Well, that hasn't been announced. It's been, they've been announced all of the SEC. Uh, Ryan Kelly did make first team all PC at center, and he was the SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year. Uh, Derrick Henry was Offensive Player of the Year and first team all league. Uh, Reggie Ragland was the Defensive Player of the Year and first team all conference. Ashawn Robinson was also first team. Uh, Eddie Jackson uh, was first team, not surprisingly. So uh, they, it, was a, it was a banner today. And then who, who would have thunk it after the Open 4 start? Uh, you know, Adam Griffith was second team All SEC. Uh, I forgot Jonathan Appleton mentioned he was also first team. Uh, but and then Dominic Jackson uh, made second team All SEC as well. So it was a banner uh, time for Alabama. They had a lot of guys selected. The only one that really got screwed over uh, was I think the best defensive line in the conference, that's Aaron Reed. I missed. Yeah, you sort of. All right, Big C, we're gonna have to run. We're getting ready to wrap the show up. Appreciate you calling. Uh, always Thank good to you, hear big from man. On the Asian Realm Hotline on Bam Radio, but uh, we've had a great show. Uh, Thank you, Big C, for calling in on the Asian Realm Hotline, as well as Rodney Orr in the first hour and Jimmy Stein, LJS Long in the second hour. But uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this rascal right now. And we want to thank you, everyone out there listening live and listening on the podcast, the Bama's Radio, a member of the Bama I'm Terry Clark from BamaMag.com. On behalf of Rudy Arman of SCM 977, I'm a touchdown Alabama magazine. Good night, everybody. Roll Tide. Good night. Roll Tide.